attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. It's frightening in America right now. Bullets and bloodshed have taken over major cities across the nation. Anarchy has replaced law and order. Cities are no longer safe. You walk the streets at your own risk, knowing full well that what was once mostly vibrant and tranquil is now a war zone. And the American dream embodied by a safe and secure society, it's crumbling before our very eyes. It all began as a protest over the horrific killing by Minneapolis police of George Floyd on May 25th. The officers are now facing murder charges, as they should. The actions of the main officer, Derek Chauvin, was indefensible, unjustified, and clearly criminal. The outrage over the actions of those four cops, caught in vivid detail by camera footage that went viral, sparked demonstrations in cities nationwide. But the design of peaceful protesters and the chants of Black Lives Matter was soon hijacked by hordes of people intent on committing crimes. Those people weren't concerned about racial injustice or police brutality, perfectly legitimate issues. No, they were interested in rioting and looting, theft, assault, battery, and other forms of violence against persons and properties. Bullets and bloodshed soon followed. In New York City, the number of shooting victims rose by more than 100% in the month of June. 97% of the victims, minorities. This was the most gun violence in a quarter century. And the next week, shootings jumped an astonishing 277%. A father gunned down while holding his six-year-old daughter's hand as they crossed the street and a one-year-old murdered while resting in a stroller. The bullets and bloodshed in New York City continue to this day. In Chicago during the month of June, shootings skyrocketed 76%, nearly all concentrated in black and brown communities. And in one week alone, murders rose a staggering 417%. During the bloodiest weekend, just two days, mind you, 14 people were murdered, 106 others were shot, including an 11-year-old girl in her home where she thought she was in a safe place, and a 20-month-old toddler strapped in a car seat, gunned down. In Atlanta, murders jumped 240% during the recent four-week period. One of the victims, an 8-year-old girl who was shot and killed on the 4th of July. You can pick any major city, and the story is the same. Baltimore, Dallas, Houston. The city of Portland has been under siege by rioters for more than 50 days. Violent anarchists have taken over the streets, destroying and desecrating property, including the federal courthouse. The police union headquarters was torched. Chaos reigns as local businesses have sustained $23 million in losses. Law enforcement has been assaulted with hammers, projectiles, flaming debris, even explosives. Local leaders, instead of stopping it, 
have encouraged the rioters. The feckless and incompetent mayor, Ted Wheeler, has emboldened the violent mob, cheering them on. Wheeler no longer governs the city of Portland, and Tifa does. It's a radical, loosely knit group that uses harassment and violence and terror tactics to attack innocent civilians and destroy property. Its goal? To end freedom and liberty. Antifa is nothing more than lawless anarchists. And the same scenario is being played out still in Seattle. An entire section of the city taken over and occupied by militants, police driven out of their own precinct. And the Democrat mayor, Jenny Durkin, applauded them. Gee, it's like the summer of love, she said, until people were murdered. And the violence continues still. In the most recent weekend, rioters ravaged the downtown, looting and destroying property. An Amazon store and other businesses broken into and ransacked. Another police precinct was set on fire. And when cops tried to stop it, a dozen officers were attacked with rocks and bricks and bottles. One was hospitalized. Peaceful protesters, you say? No. These are nothing more than violent criminals. My hometown of Los Angeles also under siege. Homicides up a frightening 250% in one week alone. Police cars were torched. Businesses set on fire. The National Guard was finally brought in. Factor in the 66,000 homeless who have commandeered entire neighborhoods. And I call it Lost Angeles. I refuse to go there anymore. Not that New York City, where I work, is any better. The far leftist mayor, Bill de Blasio, was seen to that. He lifted not a finger to stop the raging violence and looting when it began. In fact, he did just the opposite. He sided with the mob, egging them on with incendiary remarks. He said he was proud of his daughter when she was arrested amid the rioting. He banished large gatherings in the city due to coronavirus concerns, but he granted an exception to all the protesters, encouraging the very acts that turned violent. Police officers physically attacked, their cruisers set ablaze. You've seen the videotape. Looters hit the high-end stores in Soho, Madison Avenue, Fifth Avenue. Even the iconic Macy's in Herald Square was ransacked. It all 450 businesses vandalized, windows smashed, thieves made off with millions of dollars in merchandise. As usual, the congresswoman from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, otherwise known as AOC, which actually stands for always obtuse and clueless, weighed in, as she always does. She defended the destruction and thievery by offering this incredible explanation. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Um, Maybe it's the fact that 
unemployment provisions have not been given to everyone. Maybe it's because of the fact that people have some people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks yet. Really? She said that. That's AOC during a virtual town hall. Now, I've done some checking into this. I'm pretty sure, in fact, I'm convinced, Chanel, Dior, Rolex, Louis Vuitton, Coach, Dulce & Gabbana, they don't sell bread or any other food products. I did learn that a couple of those stores once offered their customers fresh croissants and cappuccino, but hey, that ended several years ago. There is no bakery hidden inside those stores. I did take a second look at the videotape of a Nike store being looted. Was there bread hidden inside those Nike boxes being carted out and stuffed into some really nice cars? I wondered about that until I noticed one woman dropped her boxes and shoes spilled out. No bread. I was stunned, unless it was stuffed inside the shoes themselves, but I tend to doubt that. Look, the trouble with AOC is that the former bartender doesn't know anything. She's supposedly educated, but conspicuously uninformed. For example, she is utterly oblivious to the fact that there are 741 food pantries and soup kitchens in New York City, where people who lack resources receive free food without resorting to stealing like Jean Valjean. In her district alone, there are dozens of these. Not that she would ever know that. Ever heard of food stamps, AOC? During the ongoing pandemic, 43 million Americans have availed themselves of the federal food program. There's no spending cap. You can get your free food stamps in a week. AOC has probably never heard of it. As for her rants about rent payments, she's obviously ignorant of the new law in New York that says no one can be evicted for failing to pay rent during the pandemic. If it's news, it's news to AOC. So am I unfairly picking on the dim-witted congresswoman? No. Haven't we had enough of her mindless, obnoxious blather? I know junior high school students who were far more knowledgeable than AOC. Every time she opens her mouth, idiocy is sure to follow. She's the new pinball wizard, deaf, dumb, and blind. Speaking of clueless, what was Mayor Bill de Blasio's response to all the violence and looting in his city? Instead of backing police and taking aggressive steps to stop the out-of-control crime wave, the mayor helped paint a Black Lives mural on Fifth Avenue right in front of Trump Tower, as if Donald Trump had anything to do with the tragic death of George Floyd or the recent demise of New York City run exclusively by Democrats. Those progressive Democrats with de Blasio at the helm capitulated to the demands of the anarchist mob that was encamped across the street from City Hall by cutting a billion dollars from the police budget. When that happened, 272 officers filed for retirement. Who the hell wants to be a cop in New York City, they asked. De Blasio also shut down the highly successful anti-crime unit of the NYPD, composed of 600 plainclothes officers. These are the very cops who were credited with getting all the guns off the street and reducing the violent crime. Now those cops are gone, and crime runs rampant in Gotham, 
There's no Batman, only the Joker running amok. If there's any doubt about that, look at what happened when New York City clergy, including black clergy, held a march across the Brooklyn Bridge. They were voicing their support of police. Anti-cop protesters viciously attacked police officers, one of them bashing the cops over their heads with a stick. Another used something akin to brass knuckles to break facial bones. You've no doubt seen the videotape of the attack itself and the photographs of the battered cops, blood gushing down their faces, onlookers yelling, I hope you die. One of the injured officers was Chief of Department Terrence Monahan. He's the highest ranking uniformed officer. It was Monahan who had earlier warned against the defund police movement that has left law enforcement handcuffed with new restrictions and reduced staff. Monahan said this, quote, Criminals are now emboldened. They feel that cops can't do anything anymore, that no one likes police, that they can get away with crimes and violence because it's now safe to carry a gun out on the street. And you know what? Monahan is right. Jails have been emptied. Suspects who were charged with crimes are immediately set free without bail. Bad people in New York now know they can commit crimes with impunity because there's really no one there to stop them. This is what de Blasio and Democrats have done to the Big Apple. It's now a big rotten apple and everybody knows it except de Blasio. He continues to claim that New York City is the safest big city in America, even though violent crime has skyrocketed amid the destruction and chaos wrought by the rioting and the now-neutered police department. de Blasio even had the audacity to brag that releasing prisoners from jails has made us all safer. Take a listen. We now have fewer people in our jails than any time since World War II, and we are safer for it and better for it. No reasonable person with half a brain really believes that. It makes no sense. And New Yorkers are not buying it. There is now a mass exodus of people fleeing the city of New York. Vacancy rates are up. Home values are down. People are quitting their jobs in droves. They're going elsewhere. This is a dystopian nightmare. There is one place they're not retreating to, and that, of course, is... Minneapolis, the genesis of the defund police movement. They actually did it there. In the wake of the tragic George Floyd death, the Minneapolis City Council voted unanimously to eliminate the police department. Their plan is to establish what they now call a holistic approach to public safety. Their new department is called the Department of Community Protection, except there's no real protection. Anyone trained in law enforcement is not allowed to be a part of it. So how exactly is that going to work? When gunfire breaks out in your neighborhood or you're under attack or being threatened by someone, is a social worker or a psychologist called to the scene, you know, to encourage the gunman to seek therapy or pop a Valium to calm down? That's completely and utterly stupid. And people there are beginning to realize it. 
Some courageous black leaders who well know their community is the most vulnerable to escalating violence without police have finally stepped forward to say that a policeless city is, quote, absurd, crazy, ridiculous, and grotesque. They're right, of course. The muttonheads on the Minneapolis City Council are classic hypocrites. The very members who voted to get rid of police were simultaneously hiring and using private security services. In other words, armed private police to keep themselves at taxpayer expense safe. Why didn't they hire social workers to protect them? I'll tell you why. Because social workers won't protect them. The city council members don't want police until they need police. What genius on the city council spearheaded the drive to banish police from Minneapolis? It's a guy named Jeremiah Ellison. You get a sense of his anarchist enthusiasm by taking a gander at one of his Twitter posts, which read, I hereby declare officially my support for Antifa. That's right. This guy Ellison is an admirer of a far-left militant movement that routinely engages in vandalism, looting, assaults, and other violent crimes. No wonder Ellison doesn't want cops around. And how about his dad, Keith Ellison, who just happens to be the attorney general in Minnesota. He's also an Antifa fanatic. He once posted a photograph of himself smiling as he proudly held up a copy of Antifa Handbook. It's a book on how to commit crimes and get away with it. And oh, did I mention that Keith Ellison is the one who filed the murder charges against the police officers involved in the George Floyd homicide. Now, the charges were correctly brought. Absolutely no question about that. But it's a bit unsettling that the Attorney General of Minnesota, who is sworn to uphold and enforce the law, seems to endorse a group dedicated to anarchy, violence, and lawlessness. He recently said, get rid of the word police. That's the attorney general in Minnesota. Maybe Bill de Blasio in New York will be the next major public figure to join the Antifa thuggery. De Blasio seems to have a taste for political terrorism. He reveled in the moniker of America's Marxist mayor. He supported revolutionary socialists in Nicaragua, raised money for them constantly complains about free market capitalism. de Blasio bemoans the notion of private property ownership. It's no wonder that his socialist impulses animate his disdain for police, his enthusiasm for the criminal element of the protest mob. As the defund police movement gains traction, murderers, thieves, sexual predators, they are salivating. The new woke mantra is this, since some cops are bad, all cops are bad. Therefore, we must banish all police to the trash bin of history. Somehow, that is supposed to make us all safer, really? Well, the ACLU thinks so. They published an article that assured us it's all true. I have news for those folks. 
Americans are smarter than that. They well know that society is not always civilized. Law enforcement must exist to protect us. Police officers don't always perform their jobs perfectly. When cops use excessive force, when they cross the line into criminal conduct themselves, they must be held accountable through our system of justice. Nobody is above the law, even those who are duty-bound to enforce the law. That's how a functioning constitutional republic works. Now, don't misunderstand me. People do have an undeniable right to protest their government. The Constitution protects free speech, assembly, and peaceful demonstrations. Those are cherished rights, to be sure. People have every right to be upset and angry about a rogue Minnesota cop who killed George Floyd. It's happened before. We've seen it. Americans have a right and In fact, one can argue a duty to speak out about racial injustice when it happens, to bring needed attention to the instances of unfair targeting of African Americans. But the First Amendment does not give license to demonstrators to transform themselves into criminals who engage in acts of violence and lawless conduct. In places like Seattle, Portland, Chicago, New York City, and elsewhere, what began as a well-intentioned movement by well-intended people has been co-opted. It's been expropriated by others with criminal intent and purpose. The riots, the looting, larceny, assaults, and murders have escalated out of control. The tragedy of George Floyd is not an excuse under the law to victimize innocent people and destroy property. So where do the presidential candidates stand on the defund police movement? Well, President Trump has roundly condemned it without exception. Joe Biden, he says some funding should absolutely be taken away from police and redirected elsewhere. In an interview on July 8th, the presumptive Democratic nominee, was asked the following question. But do we agree that we can redirect some of the police funding? Biden? Yes, absolutely. Now, in fairness, Biden is not calling for the complete defunding and elimination of police departments everywhere. But his clear endorsement of redirecting funds away from police is, at the very least, partial defunding of police. The National Association of Police Organizations has taken notice. The powerful coalition of police units and associations all across America had previously endorsed the Obama-Biden ticket not once, but twice. Now, its members have voted overwhelmingly to endorse President Trump for re-election, not Joe Biden. The president took the time to meet with the organization. He laid out his law and order agenda. Biden, hiding out in his basement, wasn't much interested. The answer to all the widespread violence in America is not to defund police or handcuff them with unreasonable and onerous restrictions. No, the answer is to support them 
to defend them, not defund them. Are there instances of police abuse and excessive force? Yes, we have seen it with our own eyes. But the vast majority of the men and women in blue are honest and honorable. They put their lives on the line every working day so that everyone else can enjoy the fruits of freedom and prosperity. If we fail to support law enforcement, bullets and bloodshed will destroy our lives and livelihoods. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett.